Hi, this is Alexander Timothy from the Understanding Politics podcast. Today we're going to be taking a look at federalism. In the United States, federalism has been the governing principle by which our state governments and federal governments conduct themselves ever since the beginning when the Constitution was first created. Basically, federalism is a system in which regional governments and federal governments exist together in a single system with power being divided between the two. So, we have the federal government which oversees the whole country, we have the Supreme Court, the House of Representatives, the Senate, and of course, the executive branch. And then we have the state governments, uh, which have their own Supreme Courts, they have the State Assembly, the State Senate, the governors, and basically, these two governments work together uh, uh, and also create laws separate of one another. Uh, it, it, it's a very interesting system when you think about it and when you compare to uh, other governments around the world, especially prior to the United States' creation. Because at, at the time, in, in 1776, when the United States uh, obviously got uh, declared independence from Britain, you have states beginning to write their own constitutions all the way up until 1787, uh, when the now present federal constitution was conceived, written in the summer of 1787. In the time period between 1776 and 1787, the 13 original colonies began drafting their own constitutions. Um, they, they, were, they had declared independence from Britain and they began forming their own governments. Um, and and they, they weren't all identical. That, that's one of the more interesting things about this is that the Constitution of Georgia would have been much different than the Constitution of Massachusetts and, and still is, I should add, very much different depending on from state to state. Um, and the, the authors of these constitutions took a lot of inspiration from governments around the world. But they also had this newer concept, federalism, which, which wasn't something that was widely uh, um, present in any major governments around the world at the time, um, which, which is this idea of state governments over this jurisdiction with their own government, who, and then there's the federal government above them, right? But, but it's, not, it's not as though the federal government has total authority over the state governments. It's more of a, a dual system of governance, which, which dual federalism is the, is, the, um, is the system of government which the United States has for, for a very long time until the, the 30s and FDR's Green New Deal. Um, but back to the 1700s, at that time... Uh, these 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 uh, the state governments were creating their constitutions. They were developing their own governments, and and they found that there was a lot of um, interesting d disparities between uh, uh, obviously constitutions of states with more slaves or states with uh, you know maybe maybe states such as New York or Massachusetts, right? Um, so there was, there were those, for example, that issue of slavery, but there's also a wide range of issues that the states wouldn't all agree on. And so via federalism, you provide that, that uh, outlet where state governments can have their own laws, their own rules, which if you don't like the rules there, you can go to a different state. But moreover, states uh, of rules in, in Georgia don't apply to someone in New Jersey, right? Rules in Pennsylvania don't apply to someone in New York. 
And I think that that's one of the great strengths of federalism is that there are all of these different laws and, and different regions where these people get to pick more widely how they choose to be governed. Uh, and there's not just one federal government law that is uh, the say-so for the whole country, right? And I should add, Ed, the, the federal government does have a certain, today, does have a certain level of authority over the state governments. Um, but that, that level of big government, um, you know, NSA, FBI, that sort of thing, was not present in the 1700s. It was, the federal government was more of a, overarching system where the states came together and 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 they governed together but there was more of an emphasis on these states being individual entities in the inception of the United States of America um and and to find a really good example of early federalism uh, we really need to look no farther than uh, slavery, as I mentioned earlier. States chose to have slavery be legal or illegal in their constitutions, right? So, obviously, a lot of the northern states, uh, or more of the northern states, chose to outlaw slavery. But many of the southern states, um, Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, are going to keep slavery legal. And ultimately, that uh, that that federalism... Uh, example, uh, for lack of a better word, is going to uh, eventually come to a head, as we all know, with the Civil War um, ending effectively that that system of slavery in the South <clears throat> when the Confederacy loses to the Union. Um, but but uh, federalism allowed this um, unique experience for the states especially in the in the early days of the country where um, you could use states as almost like testing grounds for certain ideas right um, so if you wanted to see if a law would work federally or if you wanted to see if a law would work in your state you can look no farther than a neighboring state or a state down south or a state up north right you, you have all of these different constitutions with different laws different ideas and it, it's really kind of this this melting pot of of strategies and, and, and governance that um, each of these constitutions becomes. It's a very, very unique, very unique and interesting system, for sure. So obviously, it, federalism, as it was created and, and intended, still works today which is it's of i think it's a rather remarkable uh not to be a not to uh, uh you know gloat over the constitution or everything because i believe the constitution does have some flaws but i think that our federal constitution and our system of state constitutions uh and and this idea of federalism that the founding fathers put in place uh back in the 1700s still works today as well for 50 states as it does for 13 and I, I'd like to dive in a little bit more into why I believe that is. And uh, as somebody on the left, I might have a little bit of a bias here, but I'll try not to get too too much into opinion. Um, you know, but 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 from an objective standpoint, uh, 1776 till now, 
this apart from that one obviously the one time of the civil war no states have seceded successfully from the union right the confederacy it, the argument can be made that they really succeeded successfully uh, uh from from the union um the the what i find remarkable about it is how for uh, so many years over 200 years this government has remained intact with basically the same system of state governments and federal governments with some minor changes for for a very long time and it's remained consistent and it's remained working and and efficient and uh it it's just the way it is now right and it's hard to imagine the united states as anything else the united states without federalism um or the United States with without all of these individual little states. Uh, I think that what makes federalism work so well in the United States is is the 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 concept of all of these different states having their own laws, and but also kind of acting like uh, checks and balances for one another. Um, so if West Virginia was going to secede, or people in West Virginia, for example, wanted to secede. This is just an example, just just a random state I picked. But if they were choosing to succeed, secede, uh, I'm sure that other states and other representatives from other states would step in and say, hey, you can't do that, right? And actually, um, this concept of having more states, which we are more used to now, uh, is something the United States is rather unique in, uh, but also... It, it probably helps us avoid that secession because you have this idea of if one leaves, the other 49 are going to stop it, right? It's it's not as simple as, oh, I don't want to be in the union anymore. I'm going to secede. Because you have the federal government, you have other state governments who are going to say, mm, I don't know about that. Um, and there's an interesting argument that, that some make about um, the, the individuality of all of these different jurisdictions the states obviously how that has affected the united states existing so long like for, for instance if the union or, or if the the original union in 1776 if the states had decided oh we're gonna make three bigger areas or three bigger states three bigger countries whatever that are part of the united states union as the as history went along and you had these these regional governments uh, maybe you have a New England sort of state. You have a, 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 a Pennsylvania, Virginia sort of state, and then a southern state, right? It, it, it's inevitable that one of those states comes along and is like, I'm going to leave, right? And I think it would be, I think personally, I believe that it would probably be more likely that a secession would have occurred and, and been successful if you had larger governments over larger areas and fewer governments, right? But we have this United States federalism, this system of checks and balances, uh, which, whether intentional or not, does work to keep all the states in check and keeps uh, our union together for the most part. Um, but that was a little bit of a, uh, a little editorial from me today. Um, some other benefits of federalism, why it works so well. Uh, it, obviously, you have the division of uh, uh, governance between these two governments, right? You have state government and you have federal government. And um, in the beginning, and in, in, in for 
almost 200 years, you had state governments performed certain duties uh, and federal government performed certain duties. But uh, over time, and obviously FDR's Green New Deal was this much more uh, 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 power, for lack of a better word, to the federal government, a lot more federal government in involvement with state governments. And that system of uh, clearly defined dual federalism did kind of wane a little bit. Uh, and and obviously, since the midpoint of the, of the 20th century and up until now, obviously, and especially in, in the post 9-11 era, uh, big government has become a more prevalent idea and the United States federal government has grown in power and size and scope. And you have uh, um, Homeland Security, FBI, CIA, NSA, all of these things which did not exist when the Founding Fathers uh, it, uh, came up with, for lack of a better word, with the, uh, the original Constitution and system of federalism. So these, uh, these entities... The, the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigations, right? The FBI operates in all of the states. Um, you know, NSA as well, CIA, all of these, all of these uh, federal entities to operate within the states. Um, and that, that's, that's not as much of a thing that I'm sure, that I believe the Founding Fathers would have thought of. Um, but anyways, in the original system of dual federalism, there was this division of power between the two governments. Certain uh, state governments did certain duties. Uh, national government did certain duties. And there wasn't really a ton of overlap between the two. Um, another, uh, another pro of this system of federalism we have is, is the judicial system. Right. If you feel that your state is doing something un unconstitutional, you take it to the state courts, you take it to the Supreme Court of that state. And if they rule that it is constitutional, you can say, I'm going to go to the federal government. And if the federal government rules that it's unconstitutional, then you still get your win. Right. You, you, it, you have basically two tries with your uh, with your your um, <clears throat> case, uh, which I think that that helps preserve justice. I'm, I'm no way implying that any uh, state or federal courts are corrupt or, you know, would intentionally strip somebody of their liberties in this day and age. But I think that having that those two different courts it will provide people with more options, will provide people with more chances of getting the, the case right, if you know what I mean? So I think that those those two courts being uh, present, those two judicial systems, is is definitely a pro for our country, in, in my opinion. Right. Um, so obviously, federalism uh, is is the the way to go uh, at the turning point of the nineteenth century. Right in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, it's the, it's how the government's still operating. You have the industrial revolution happening in America. You have these oil barons, you have the railroads, and all that stuff. And then uh, you have the Civil War, which, in the context of federalism, there's a, there's a lot of interesting things happening there that I'd like to get into. Um, uh, firstly, obviously, you have states seceding from the Union, which at the, at the time, I believe there were, oh, man, I want to I say there were 30 or 31 states uh, at that time. Um, I'm not sure of the exact figure, but there, w there wasn't as many as there are today. 
you had the Kansas-Nebraska Act, um, which effectively it gave the states the permission to choose if they wanted to be a slave or a, uh, um, a free state, <clears throat> which for Southern lawmakers, that was a bit outrageous because there was the previous agreement where every other state would be a slave state or a, um, <clears throat> or a, a free state, depending on, I believe it was uh, above the Mason-Dixon line. So with the previous Missouri Compromise, it, there was this idea that the, the slave states and the free states were going to remain, um, you know, relatively even. But with the Missouri Comp or the rather the Kansas-Nebraska Act, the Kansas and Nebraska territories were given you know, the choice <clears throat> to choose whether they were going to be free states or slave states. And, and um you know that enraged the South. That that wasn't the the that was by no means the spark or the the straw that broke this camel's back. That was just a good example of federalism before the Civil War. <clears throat> and then you do have the Civil War happen, right? These Southern states declare they're leaving the Union. Uh, South Carolina, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, and those those are just to name a few. Um, but they they leave the Union. Um, they, uh, Abraham Lincoln is the president at the time. He's like, whoa, hold on here, <clears throat> right? Um, and then war breaks out, uh, as, as one could have seen coming. Um, and you have these entities, the Confederate States of America, which was formerly the United States, operating as its own country, right, independent of the United States uh, for four years. And the Confederate States of America have their capital, Richmond, uh, miles away from Washington, D.C., which is basically on the border of the Confederacy and the Union, uh, something that's, you know, something that's, that's, that's rather uh, 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 interesting to think about. But and anyways, back on subject. Um, in the aftermath of the Civil War, obviously, you have the uh, the Union breaking the the South into these districts with governors and 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 uh, and and they're being governed by the United States. You're basically kind of getting spanked uh, for you know uh, starting a civil war. Um, you know, uh, slavery is outlawed in this period. Um, the, this is the period that begins this uh, sort of reformation, um, which unfortunately does get stopped in its tracks by uh, both state and federal laws, which are still restrictive of African-Americans and still restrictive of uh, their, their liberties and their rights. Uh, and and in, in a way, they escape slavery, and then they're kind of treated still as second-class citizens. <clears throat> and... The 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 uh, southern states, the previous southern states, they are these like districts which are controlled by the union, and then eventually they do form their own constitutions again. Uh, they are, I believe, they're um, made to include. Um, the, yeah, they're, they're they're asked to include uh, some civil rights um, uh, aspects in their constitution by the federal government. <laughs> Or they're not getting into the Union, which to think back on is a little bit radical uh, of an idea. I think that it was the right move by the United States, but I think that um, 
f- demanding something in exchange for being admitted back as as a status of a state of equal status to the other states is is a little bit uh, um, of of a of a interesting and uh, radical take take for sure. <clears throat> Um, but uh, you don't this this newfound sense of liberty in the South or, or whatever uh, sort of freedom that that black people might have uh, had um, is is effectively quelled, um, unfortunately, by <clears throat> uh, various mechanisms, Jim Crow laws, um, uh, state rights to lit the, the literacy tests, which are employed in a lot of Southern states to prevent black people from voting because they never had the opportunity to learn how to read or write in the first place because they were enslaved. Um, and, and obviously that's, that's kind of shutting the door in two ways to, uh, to use that, that expression. Uh, but the, the, they just don't have the opportunity to advance in society because of these laws that punish them for being unable to advance in society. And these laws are present very much in the South during this time period. And the, uh, the, the Supreme Court ruled that the, the states do have a right to these literacy tests, right? Uh, it, this, this method of voter suppression was ruled constitutional by the federal Supreme Court. So it's not entirely a state's, the, the fault of these southern states. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, the United States, the Supreme Court had a bad take in hindsight, uh, right? Hindsight 2020. But they, they allowed this 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 extent of federalism <clears throat> to uh, sort of um, uh, continue in a way the 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 the, uh, the racist um, uh, um, subjugation of, of black people in the in that region. <clears throat> um, and obviously, like a hundred years after this, we have the civil rights movement, right? So it's like this for a very long time, and and um, it, the 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 southern states have much as before the civil war. The the southern states and the uh, the um, the northern states have this very very uh, glaring discrepancy between the rights of. Uh, certain people of certain races and, and whatnot, and and by no means am I saying that uh, people were entirely um, equal uh, in in the North, but I, I'm saying in the South there was still this much more oppressive um, uh, systematic racism uh, uh, in the governments of states such as like Alabama, Mississippi, these deep South states, which <clears throat> had a history of slavery and, and were still uh, oppressive towards black people because, uh, unfortunately, because of federalism. And, uh, and I'm not, I, 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 I think that there's, there is a, there's an, there is an interesting perspective to take that. What if the union had been more forceful? What if they weren't allowed these aspects of federalism for their own, uh, you know, creating these state laws like like uh, segregation laws, uh, and 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 those sorts of things. But um, I think that that's that's a discussion for another day. Obviously, uh, I think that there are a lot of alternatives methods that could have been pursued. But I think at the time, uh, they 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 really saw that the the best option was to allow this certain level of federalism. And, and, and I think that unfortunately, there were a lot of negative consequences for that for a lot of people for many years. Um, 
but uh, federalism's not perfect, right? There are going to be situations like that where uh, it can be argued, questioned, is federalism benefiting us in this point? What if the federal government said this is the rule across all the states in this situation? In, in some cases, I believe there may be, there may be times where uh, a federal mandate or a federal law would... Um, uh, that that that's that's in uh, enforced in all of the states would would solve some issues, <clears throat> but that's my own opinion, right? That's my little editorial comment. So if you disagree, that's totally fine. Uh, you know, we we welcome a difference of opinion, <clears throat> but um. Uh, so continuing on with federalism into the, the 20th century, uh, one case that I found really interesting, uh, um, uh, Coyle v. Smith in 1911, this was about, uh, the newly formed state of Oklahoma, which entered the union in 1907, I believe, uh, they had picked, uh, a, 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 a uh, Guthrie. Uh, as their as their capital in 1907, uh, and, and then in in 1910 they decided they wanted to relocate the capital to Oklahoma City, <clears throat> and um, basically there was an argument made uh, uh, by W. H. Coyle, a, 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 a entity which owned a large amount of property in Guthrie that, um, obviously he was, that they were probably suing for, um, uh, maybe, maybe some selfish reasons, but also they, they had a valid argument, I believe, uh, um, which, 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 um, they, they said <clears throat> that the move was a violation of the state constitution's acceptance of the terms of Congress's enabling act towards, uh, their, their, their capital being, uh, in Guthrie, right? Because they had, they had submitted Guthrie would be their capital to the federal government, um, but the Supreme Court ruled that preventing the state of Oklahoma the right to locate its own seat in government uh, was uh, kind of depriving it of federalist, federalist powers uh, and that it did have a right to move its, um, move its capital wherever they wanted because, as many in Oklahoma argued, none of the other states had had to, sought to seek approval from the federal government to put their city somewhere or to move their city somewhere. So why should Oklahoma? And I think that's a good point. Um, but... Uh, I just found that that a really interesting case um, because it does show that that there are there aren't necessarily a bad arguments on both sides uh, or, or, or bad arguments on one side as there was with the slavery issue. Um, obviously, I believe I, I am anti-slavery. I believe people should not be enslaved. Uh, and I think that that's probably a sentiment a majority of Americans have now. Uh, but, but obviously, back then, it was more of a controversial issue. Um, uh, uh, so, so dual federalism is, is kind of the system, uh, as I mentioned, that, that you have the states having their own laws, and obviously this Oklahoma thing is an example of that. You still have J Jim Crow laws, you have segregation laws, segregation of states or, or, or schools and churches and states. Um, but then uh, you have the Great Depression happening. You have FDR comes into the White House. He's elected for four terms, uh, which is still kind of crazy to think about. Um, but he gets he he enacts the, the New Deal uh, in the in the 30s. Uh, all these new programs and and financial uh, um, systems being enacted across the country. And this this uh, is is the is is a. Per a propulsion of federal government involvement in the states. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, that's up to you. But I think that undeniably the federal government does start to have a little bit more of an influence over the states after this point. 
Next thing I'd like to bring up is something I'm sure we're all familiar with, which is the, inf the infamous case of Brown v. Board of Education, uh, in which the Supreme Court of the United States rules that state segregation laws are unconstitutional, regardless of the equality of schools, right? So, obviously, this is a, this is a, a, a good take from the Supreme Court. Um, it's, it's a, it, it kind of does show that, that the federalist contrast between the federalism of, uh, of, of the states and the, uh, and the federal government. Uh, and that, that was kind of a word salad. I apologize for that last sentence. But uh, basically what I'm trying to say is that um, it, does, it, it shows a good contrast between how the state governments and the federal governments had very different uh, beliefs in, in what should be uh, allowed in their governments, how their schools are going to be run and all that sort of thing. And, and even today, I think that there is, there is arguments, n nothing to this degree, but there are arguments about uh, um, states' rights to have certain curriculums and certain things taught in their schools. One thing that comes to mind is the whole CRT, uh, um, critical race theory conversation, which uh, we hear a lot about, uh, a, a, lot, a lot about that in Florida, a lot of the anti-gay, uh, uh, don't say gay law, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm going off on a tangent. I apologize. Let's get back to what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about Brown v. Board of Education. Uh, that was in the 50s. <clears throat> you have the civil rights movement happen. Um, and, and, and obviously that, that's a big progressive push forwards, uh, for, uh, equality for all. We're not quite there yet, but it, it was definitely a good step forward. Um, and now I'd like, to, I, I'd just like to talk about federalism today, uh, because we've talked about a lot of historical examples just now, but, but there are, e even in today's political world, there are still great examples of federalism and great examples of the contrast between state and federal governments. Um, uh, and, and one thing I'd like to, that I think would be a great thing to talk about is obviously, uh, abortion, right? Abortion's been a, a, a big political issue for 50 years, uh, since Roe v. Wade, um, where it was ruled that every woman in the country should have the right to an abortion. Um, and then in 2022, our Supreme Court, uh, Justice Roberts Supreme Court overturns that decision. Um, and now it's up to the states. And there's the argument. On, there, there's two different arguments here. I'd like, I'm, I'm going to go over both of them. OK, I'm going to go over both sides. There's the argument from, from mostly the left uh, um, that, um, you know, abortion is health care. Abortion is a human right. And every person, every, every person with a uterus should have the should have the the access to the abortion uh, to that health care that they that they they deserve. <clears throat> Then there's another argument from usually from the right, and I'm use, I'm saying usually because they're obviously outliers on both sides, but generally the Democratic and Republican Party tend to have <clears throat> a pretty solid um, base that has these these uh, th these opinions on abortion, uh, and I and I'm not saying everybody does, so so please don't take it that way. But um, on the right, you have generally people who who are maybe more religious who believe that abortion is murder, abortion is killing an unborn fetus. Um, abortion is, uh, you know, a, 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 a basically a, something that nobody should do and something that shouldn't be allowed. Um, and, and they view abortion as murdering a child. Uh, and, and if you take it in that perspective, and that's not my opinion, I don't believe that abortion is murdering a child. Uh, but I, there are people who believe that. And, 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 and I obviously do understand the rage or the the outrage from them if they believe that it is murdering a child but it, so, so so I, I, I 
in in politics it's 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 hard sometimes because you can see where people are coming from you just don't agree with them right like you can you need i think that that's something that's this is an editorial but i think i think this is something good to say is that understanding where somebody is coming from understanding why they feel the way they do is not the same as agreeing with them i think that something we can all benefit from is understanding why the other side feels a certain way it, we don't have to agree with them right i don't i believe everybody should have access to to uh, abortions everybody should have access to that health care but i do understand the other side's argument um, and I think that understanding someone else's argument is also a great way to be able to convince them maybe of your own argument. And I'm not going to be attempting to do that here today. I'm just going to outline how abortion, uh, you know, is a big issue and federalism is, you know, presently we're seeing history happening, right, with, with that, where states like New York and California uh, are going to preserve abortion rights, obviously these very blue states, but uh, in states like deep south states are, are maybe not going to be so so lenient about it and and maybe are going to be um more restrictive uh, you know people who perform abortions or you know it can it can be jail time for some doctors and it's it's very very interesting the direction our country is heading down with this sort of hyper federalism that seems to be evolving another example of federalism at play is is voting laws right across all the states there's very much different voting laws there are uh, from new york to arizona you're going to have way different voting laws voting procedures some states you can take pictures of your ballots in the voting booth some states you would get kicked out if you did that uh, right some states have very easy access to mail-in ballots some states are um, much more you're going to have more luck doing uh, in-person voting and i think that that really all came to a head with the 2020 election we saw in real time just how different these states are in terms of their <clears throat> their constituencies their governments and how they vote because it was it was much more in the news than it had been before because of the COVID-19 pandemic which segue into that that's another example of um federalism at play is the federal government's response to that and the state government's response to the pandemic uh for President Trump's administration um, had a much more uh, a, a state state oriented response. I feel I feel that for the most part, in in the after the initial shock of the pandemic, it was left up to the states to decide how they were going to deal with the pandemic, how they were going to uh, operate, how they were going to. Uh, enforce mask mandates, uh, if at all, mask mandates, vaccination, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, so across the country, I mean, you drove from state to state, you maybe you have to wear a mask and social distance in one store in one state, uh, drive across the border, you don't really have to wear a mask at all. So um, there wasn't really a, there was recommendations from the CDC, right? But the, the federal government wasn't as much enforcing that. And it was more left up to the states to uh, choose how they were going to enforce COVID-19 recommendations, restrictions, travel uh, restrictions, that sort of thing on their constituencies. Um, I, I know I, I'm somebody from New York, which is a blue state. Um, Obviously, here we had we had we had lockdowns initially. We had mask mandates. We had social distancing. I really didn't go to a store at all until 
um, it may be August or September of, of 2020. So it had been six ish months that I, I didn't go, go, go anywhere in, in, in a building in public because it was just, it was, uh, that was just the, the way that our state was handling it. Um, um, and I just think it's interesting because at the same time, people in Florida were going about life almost normally in some areas. I mean, you had mask mask mandates depending on businesses, depending on regions, depending on localities. But uh, for the most part, certain states would have laxer restrictions than, than New York did. And that brings me back to my initial point about how the United States, when it was created, is such so much of a different uh, uh, entity than the world had seen before with, with this sort of federalism being present. Um, but you see that in other nations, maybe other nations around the world, you wouldn't have the states creating this, this, this much of their own laws and deciding how they were going to deal with a pandemic um, like that, right? And, and I would say, now I'm arguing with myself, so, so bear with me here, but it, it was definitely influenced that it was like that because of the way that the, the Trump administration decided they were going to handle the pandemic, which was more of a, 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 a uh, you know, federalism of the states to deal with that sort of thing. Um, but maybe a different, um, if a different sort of administration had been in power, maybe we would have had a different COVID response, but regardless, I think the states would have still had their own their own, um, their own, uh, little, 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 little ability to, to make their own rules too. Um, and other countries maybe would have more of a federal government says this and everybody does it. If you know, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but then in, in a situation like that, um, the federal government says abortion is legal. Maybe it's legal everywhere and not so in the United States. Um, so there are there are some pros and cons to federalism, as I mentioned, um, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I want you to, I want you to really think about this. Uh, and, and if you do have opinion, feel free to to to, you know, join our Patreon and, and, and let us know. But um, <clears throat> is federalism a bad thing then? Is federalism something holding the United States back? Right. That's just something to think about. It's just that's just uh you know, is, is federalism keeping us from collectively moving forward when there are certain states who are maybe stop, who are maybe going backwards from a, from a, from a, from a, from someone on the left's opinion. Uh, uh, but, but, but really, um, is, is the United States being so fractured in our, in our, in our governance and our, in our, in our laws in certain areas, is that stopping us from moving forward as a country? And, and I think that's that that's a that's a really uh, a fascinating question to think about for sure, uh, and and I don't know the answer. I, I I think I'd have some opinions on it, but I'm not sure what the answer would be. Um, but yeah. So, in conclusion, we've discussed federalism from the 1700s up until now, how it's changed and evolved through the years, and some examples of it in history and today. I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed recording this episode. I'm a U.S. history nerd. I love U.S. history, so I really enjoyed talking about this. Um, if you like this episode and if you like other episodes you've heard, uh, I'd invite you to consider subscribing to our Patreon. It's only $3 a month, 
And with that, you'll get access to discussing things with us directly. Uh, you'll get to see some exclusive episodes. About half of our episodes are premium episodes only available on Patreon. And you'd uh, obviously get to suggest some things that maybe you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Uh, and I think that's a pretty good deal. Uh, so with that, uh, I'm signing off. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Understanding Politics. Alexander Timothy out. <laughs>